I'll just read very quickly. I'm just going to read them very quickly out to you, and I'll sort of do 10% of this. And this is Tamin, first of all. Ali ibn al Imam al-Khanit, uh, had 500 trees, and he used to go and pray two rakats daily at each of his trees. Mujahid, very famous Tabi you would have heard of, who has transmitted the Tafsir of Ibn Abbas, anhu, used to complete the Qur'an every day. But again, maybe he's a Mufassir, right? But he used to complete the reading of the Qur'an every day. Umayr ibn Hani used to pray 1,000 nafil salah every day and used to make tasbih 100,000 times a day. And this is mentioned in the Sunnah of Tirmidhi. Al-Aswad, Rehmullah Ta'ala, used to, uh, used to say about himself that he prayed 700 rakats every day. The son of Aswad, Al-Imam ibn al-Imam, Abdurrahman ibn al-Aswad, was once seen praying 65 rakats before Jum'ah. Sayyid ibn al-Musayyib, one of the most greatest tabi'in and one of the most, many of the ahadith go through him, right? Uh, used to pray, the same thing, used to pray Fajr with the same wudu that he prayed Isha, and he used to fast every day. Right? We've got, I will show you another 13 story, event of Tabin. Tabai Tabin, right? Ibn Qasim narrated from Imam Malik's search slave that Imam Malik prayed the dawn prayer with the same wudu that preceding Isha for 49 years. Right? Imam Abu Yusuf Rehmullah used to pray 200 rakats every day. Sahal al-Tustri used to fast every day and used to also be up all night in Salah. Ibn Subki, Tajuddin Ibn Subki, was a very famous Shafi fiqh. Right? Said Imam Shafi and Imam Bukhari used to recite the Quran every day. Imam Shafi and Imam Bukhari used to recite the Quran every day. And they used to request, re- recite it twice a day in Ramadan. <coughs> certainly, Tajuddin ibn Subki knew the hadith, and certainly Imam Bukhari knew the hadith, right? So let's say Imam Bukhari did it, he knew the hadith and did it. Let's say Imam Bukhari didn't do it, but Tajuddin, it's a wrong attribution, but Tajuddin ibn Subki knew the hadith, he would have come, he would have said something about it, right? Imam Ahmad Rahimullah is also Tabai Tabi used to recite the entire Qur'an daily. There are all these books, Ibn Hajr's Isaba, Imam al-Dahabi's... The narrations of the lives of the Tabin and Tabai Tabin do not have chains. Those are hadith, right? No, they don't have chains. I have the references, but the references don't have a chain. For example, Ibn Hajar writes in his Al-Isaba, this event. He doesn't write in his Isaba that he heard this from so-and-so, who heard it from so-and-so, who heard it from so-and-so, back to the Tabin. These ulama themselves. Their authenticity you give to them is is their name. Ibn Hajar Asqalani, Imam Al-Zahabi, Imam Jalaluddin Al-Suti, Imam Al-Noah. These are the same people whose hadith greetings you accept. These are the same people. So if you accept their hadith gradings, you need to think whether you accept their reports of the lives of those people who they graded. So this is what we're just trying to show you. Is This is why I call it this whole series Understanding the Islamic Scholarly Tradition. That's my job is to present to you how the scholars understood things. Maki, somebody wants to accept your leave, it is no problem. Somebody wants to say, if I leave the scholars' understanding and I just follow Bukhari Muslim. That's your choice, Right? 
But all my job is to make sure you never try to say that just following the date is the scholar's understanding. That's what I'm here to show you. Right? And those who studied know that these are four of the five or six, the biggest names that exist. These are the biggest names in hadith and in biography and even in fiqh, many of them. Right? And this was their understanding. And this is their writings. Right? Ibn Ajozi al-Hanbali, another one, about Imam Ahmad bin Hanbali, he used to pray 300 nafil rakats a day. So, in this there are dozens, you know, you know, uh, there are many things over here. Right? And so we go back to this hadith now, كُلُّ مُدَّثٍ بِدَّتٌ وَكُلُّ بِدَّتٍ دَلَانَةٌ وَكُلُّ دَلَانَةٍ يُسْهِرُ Right? That every matter newly begun is a bidat, every bidat is a misguidance, and every misguidance takes you to Jahannam. So, these two theoretical things. First over here, what can you use a hadith for? Now, I first showed you that category of those things that are beyond the hadith. Right? Most of the issues that you actually wrote me on, I've just showed you that Sahaba, Tabin, Tabai Tabin, even one or two examples even may have been of people beyond the Tabai Tabin towards the end. Right? Did matters in Nafil Ibadat that were not in the Sunnah and were not understood by the mass of the Islamic scholarly tradition as being bidat either, but there was this other category of being something that is permissible. Things that were not to be found in the Hadith at all. Now after doing that, what do you think is going to be the position of the scholarly tradition that if you even have a Zayf Hadith for that Amma, if they're willing to accept a whole range of new things and quantities and times and worships and du'as and dhikrs and numbers of salahs because that's all ihtimam. Ibn Hajar, if, if, if Imam Muhammad did 300 a day, it means he did, he picked an adat, he stayed to that adat and he did that on a daily basis. Now if they're all doing all of that with zero hadith to support them, what do you think that scholarly tradition is going to say about that amal that has a zayf hadith even? To top it off, to support it. This is why I'm leading you. Now you see. Right? But but what happens is you work it backwards. You begin, hey, this is the practice, and oh look, we got this hadith, and look, this hadith is zayf. And, and, and that's how our minds think. Oh, the So, this Islamic tradition, even that which is established without any hadith is not bidat. In popular misconception, that which is established through Zayif Hadith is Bilat. You see the difference? It's a massive difference. There's a gulf in the understanding of the scholars and the understanding of the popular speakers or masses. Well, not masses though. You see the masses for masses, nothing is Bilat, right? And for a certain group, everything is Bilat. Both things are, it's just too simplistic. And if anything, that was again the purpose of the whole series is to show you that nothing can be that simplistic. It's not that simple. 